Amen. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says, Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, say block, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Verse 21, nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live. Because he took warning, also you will have delivered your soul. Going to give them a moment to put that picture up. We've been in a series entitled unblocked everybody say unblocked unblocked and you see this image here this is the image of a blood vessel that has been blocked you see the blockage in the center kind of of the picture there and behind the blockage there are all these red blood cells trying to flow and get to the place that they're destined to get to but they're being blocked by this blockage and because there is a blockage in the way, there is no blood flow getting to where it needs to go. And because there is no blood flow, you start experiencing different symptoms as a result of having no flow. Say no flow. There's no flow. There's no flow. If there's no flow, then there is no power. If there's no flow, then there is no anointing. If there's no flow, then there is no grace. If there is no flow, then there is no presence of God. Now, it is evident by this picture that the flow does exist. You see that in the picture? There's plenty of flow there, but it's been blocked. Everybody say blocked. Now, if you look on the other side of the blockage, there are a couple of circles on the other side. For me, it's the left-hand side. There are a couple of circles there. There are some things passing through. So maybe every song doesn't take you in the presence, but maybe one out of the set will. Maybe every prayer that is prayed doesn't get an immediate answer, but every now and again, one will. See, this right here is where we got sometimes God do and sometimes God don't. That's not true. That's not gospel. That's not Bible. God does 100% of the time as long as you believe it. But even in your belief, if you've been blocked up, it's not going to reach. Doesn't mean that he's not flowing. Doesn't mean that there's not a healing flow. Doesn't mean that there's not a grace flow. Doesn't mean that there's not a money flow. But if you are suffering from a blockage, you don't get the things you prayed for. You don't get the things you believe for because you've been blocked up. They got this picture up here. I believe our church and so many others like it have blockages all throughout its body. Now, if I pull that, uh, that clot right there on the screen, that's a real zoomed-in image. But if I pulled it out of somebody's body and had it in a little baggie up here on the front, you wouldn't be able to see it with your eyes. You wouldn't be able to see. It's something so small, but something that small could kill the entire body. I think as we've been looking through this, you're realizing and you're seeing it's not great big things that we've got to get in order. It's the little things that we've got to get in order. And if we can get the little things in order, maybe, just maybe, we'll restore the flow to the body. The body of Christ must have the flow of God. 
That's not negotiable. You don't need a choir. You need the flow of the Holy Ghost. You don't need a praise team. You need the flow of the Holy Ghost. You don't need music. You need the flow of the Holy Ghost. You don't need speeches and presentations and programs. What you need as a church is the power of the Holy Ghost. So, so it's great that we've got all these other things surrounding, but can we unblock why we came in the first place? Because as beautiful as you look in your hats today, and thank you for participating, I didn't come to see you. I didn't come to see you. As beautiful as the team sounds, I didn't come to hear your melody. As great as the musicians play, I didn't come to hear them. And as eloquent as I may sound, you truly didn't come just to hear me. Somebody came in here wanting to hear and receive and pull and draw and be blessed by God. And I know I'm not the only one. How many times are we going to keep coming to church for God and being uh, shortchanged by just getting man? It's been blocked up. But I want to get it unblocked. If we get unblocked, then what happens at this address, 1019 Scaly Bark Road in Charlotte, will be exactly what happened in the book of Acts. I've been telling you over the past couple of weeks that if you look at the church of God in Acts, Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, the entire book, you'll begin to see how church is supposed to operate. You'll begin to see how it's supposed to look like. I, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, Minister Chisholm. One example of this is that the apostles who were the leaders of the church were the first ones to be arrested and whipped and beaten for preaching the gospel. Nowadays, if the security team, if the, if, the, if the police came to arrest the pastor for preaching, somebody else would jump in the way. Then it'd be one of the members dragged off and the pastor is comfortable in his home. And I'm not saying you shouldn't look out for your pastor. Look out for a brother. I ain't saying you shouldn't look out for me. But in the kingdom of God, those who lead are first partakers of blessing and of suffering. That's why I'm telling you, they get it on camera. If any other type of pandemic would ever come out again and they try to shut the churches down, this address will not be closed. Now, if you don't want to come, you stay home. But this one right here is going to be open. I participated. I was a good boy. I did what I was supposed to do for them couple of weeks. And after that, I was like, bump it. Open up. Because either God is going to be God or he's not. And he's never failed me yet. And I have no anticipation that he will. I didn't say you had to open up your house, so stop looking at me like you mad. I said, this house not going to close. You go home. You do what you want to do. But I'm reading from the book. And when people were being dragged out into the street and being questioned, are you a Christian? And they answered, yes, they were beaten in the same manner that Jesus was beaten. A cat of nine tails with, with nails and glass on it and lashes on their back. And they were so beaten and bruised and battered and bloody. But when the apostles returned to the believers, they undid their jackets and said, look at us. We've got the same scars that Jesus had. Look at us we've got the same marks on our back that he had on his rejoice when you fall into trial 
think we got to get back to the book of Acts, church. Got to get back to it. You hear it in, in, in theology that it's described as the early church. It's the early church, early in that they were first ones on the scene. Guess what? You're still a part of that same church. It's the same church. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody needs to be reminded. If he healed you yesterday, he's going to be healing today. If he's healing today, when you get over in tomorrow, he'll heal tomorrow too. Somebody needs to be reminded, he provided yesterday. That means he's providing today. That when you get over in tomorrow and the bill is due, he'll provide again. He saved your grandmama. He saved you. Why are you stressing over Junior? He going to save him too. If, if, if glory and power and presence and miracles and signs and wonders were of the church, then they're of the church now and they'll be for the church tomorrow. I've been talking about it, but I, I wanted to just kind of show you a couple of scriptures, just some things so you can kind of compare how it's supposed to be. You, you ever look at somebody, you ever look at something? Uh, I'm a teacher, I teach, and I, I've worked with younger, younger kids. My normal day job, I'm with middle and high school students, but I do work with the little ones every now and again, even here at the church. You ever have a little kid bring you a picture, and they hold it up and be like, look, look, look at my picture, and you looking at it with all your adulthood and all your intellect, and you looking down at it like, what is this supposed to be? Have you ever asked the kid, what is this supposed to be? It'd be a bunch of macaroni, and they'd be like, this mommy, mommy is elbow macaroni. That's what, that's what she is. And, and daddy is green, green marks. Green mark ain't got no face, ain't got no stick figure. It's just something all You ever seen something and then have to question what is it supposed to look like? Sometimes I've come to this church. And I've looked inside and I've seen what has been happening and what's been going zones and how it's been done and how it's unfolded. And I've sat back in my office and I've asked, what is it supposed to look like? So let's get this picture. What is it supposed to look like? Acts chapter 5. Y'all got time? Yeah, you here now, so I'm appreciative of it. Whether you had time or not, I was going to Acts chapter 12, actually it was Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Let's look at the Amplified Classic. The Bible says this, and I want you to listen to this. I'm going to go through this quick because i got more stuff to give you. Now, by the hands of the apostles, special messengers, numerous, how many? And startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. And by common consent, they all met together at the temple in the covered porch called Solomon's. And none of those who were not of their number dared to join and associate with them, but the people held them in high regard and praised and made much of them. More and more. How many? There were being added to the Lord those who believed. What does it mean to believe? You acknowledge Jesus as Savior and devoted themselves to him, joined and gathered with them crowds of both men and women. Verse 15, so that they even kept carrying out the sick into the streets. Where did they put the sick people? In the hospital, in the convalescent home, in hospice. 
They brought them into the street and placing them on couches and sleeping pads in the hope that as Peter passed by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. Why did they want Peter's shadow to fall on them? Because they believed if the man's shadow would hit the sick, the sick would get up. Say, that's how it's supposed to be. I lost some people. Say, that's how it's supposed to be. They say it again. That's how it's supposed to be. I'm showing you how, how it's supposed to be. Numerous startling signs and wonders in a way and in a place that they all could see what was being done. Understand this, that they didn't always meet in a church. There was no church building. They just gathered together. It's just wherever they were, they, they got together. You do not need a building to be the church. You need a building to have church. But all you need is Jesus in you to be the church. And if we can break the cycle of always having to be here to get a manifesting of his presence, when I leave out of here, I'm still the church. When I go on vacation, I'm still the church. I've told you stories of people getting healed and blessed when I was on vacation and just talking with them and praying with them. When I'm in the Walmart, when I'm at Walgreens, when I'm just living my life. Just this week, I was at a situation that happened at, at cookout. This woman was kind of going through it a really rough time, and the people were doing her dirty, and I just pulled my car over because I wasn't getting no food because they were always they were dealing with her. So I just came out the drive-thru line, and I pulled up and asked her what was going on and just shared with her some things and I don't know if she'll ever come here I don't know if she'll even remember my name but she'll never forget that the church was on the scene she'll never forget that Jesus came and checked on her in the day of her adversity what did you do this week who did you talk to were you too busy too preoccupied had to work had to work had to work I know I had to work too I know, I know. I'm going to tell you that I went to cookout after Bible study. It was after, it was late, and I was hungry. I'd gotten fed in the spirit, but the body needed nourishment. Went in line, didn't get no food from cookout. Spent the whole time dealing and talking with her. Was not a minute wasted. What did you do this week? Who did you encourage this week? Who in your house needed encouragement that you just passed by? Because we can sing all day, do not pass me by. Do not pass me by talking about Jesus. And Jesus looking at you like you live in the house. You live here. You speak a word. You be encouraging. You pray. You make a difference. What is it supposed to look like? Look at Acts chapter 6. Look at verse 7 through 8. And the message of God kept on spreading. Say, keep on. And the number of disciples multiplied. Now, this, now remember in Acts in chapter 5, it said added. Now in Acts chapter 6, it's being multiplied. It's the message of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And besides, a large number of the priests were obedient to the faith in Jesus as the Messiah, through whom is obtained eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. Watch this. Now Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing and favor, and power, strength and ability worked great. Everybody say great. Great wonders and signs, miracles among the people. He worked great wonders. 
Everybody say, yeah, no, somebody turned like he was trying to get their attention, huh? What? No, not, 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 not wonders, not just one, but multiple. Not just one day, but every day. That's what it's supposed to look like. Say, that's what it's supposed to look like. Then it says they got, they multiplied, and then it says here that there were priests who became obedient. People who were supposed to be against Christianity saw what the Christians were doing and decided they believed too. They got so preoccupied, all their training and all their knowledge and all their being versed in the law went out the window when they saw blinded eyes being opened. Went out the window when they saw sick people getting up out of their bed. Went out the window when they saw people with devils in them getting free and being clothed and in their right mind. All the stuff they thought was important went out the window. And these Jewish priests came to the church saying, I want to be saved. And they got added in too. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every enemy we had as terms of believers in the city of Charlotte could see what we believers by the Spirit of God are capable of and were so overwhelmed with the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God on you that they said, I want to believe Jesus. I don't want to be an atheist no more. Ain't no power in being an atheist. I don't want to be God to myself anymore. I can only go as far as I can go. And when I'm tired, I can't carry me. I don't want to be a Buddhist anymore. I don't want to do it. Ain't no power in the chanting. I don't want to be a Muslim anymore. Ain't no power in the cleansing ritual and praying seven times to a day to a God that has ears but cannot hear. It does not matter. I don't want that. I want what's real. I want what's strong. I want what is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. What is it supposed to look like? Supposed to be quick conversions. Some plant, some water, and God gets the increase. But get this, what if I'm out at the Walmart and folk are getting healed and, and you out at the Publix and folk are getting healed and, and you out on vacation and folk are getting healed? I imagine we could fill up the building a lot faster if we all got on the same page to do what God has called us to do. And even more than filling up a building priority, we could fill up the kingdom of heaven. You still with me now? I'm in Acts chapter 8. I'm just showing you what it's, what is it supposed to look like? Say, what is it supposed to look like? Look at verse 36. And as they continued along the way, they came to someone. Now, this is one of my favorite stories. This is a, this is a story, uh, just to give you a little background. One of the members of the church uh, was walking along the way on his way to do some evangelizing. You know, street we call it a street witness. And on his way to witness to some people, and the Spirit of God told him to join himself to this chariot where there was this foreign man who was reading the Bible. At that, what they would have known as the Bible, reading parts of the Bible. So look at verse 36. As they continued along on the way, they came to some water. And the eunuch exclaimed, see, here is water. What is to hinder my being baptized? He just wanted to be baptized. He found out about Jesus, gave his life to the Lord. And while they going on the, on the little buggy, like old school little house of prayer, they just going on the buggy and he, he saw some water and said, wait, we got some water right here. Is there any reason why I can't get baptized today? I love it when you deal with what you call baby Christians. I ain't talking like stubborn baby, like you eight and a half years old and still can't walk. I'm talking like you just got here, just got in. The questions they ask are so pure. This man just wanted to know, is there any reason why I can't get baptized? 
Because in the time that we've been on this trip, I have fallen in love with this man called Jesus that you only had a couple of minutes to tell me who he was. And I'm convinced I want to live for him for the rest of my life. Is there any reason why I can't get baptized today? And Philip said this, verse 37, if you believe with all your heart, this will preach itself. If you have a conviction full of joyful trust that Jesus is the Messiah and accept him as the author of your salvation in the kingdom of God, giving him your obedience, then you may. And he replied, I do believe. Y'all better catch up with me. I, I do believe. All you got you to gotta believe and confess that Jesus is Lord and that God raised you. I do believe. I don't know what everybody else is trusting in, but I do believe. Some trusting in horses and some trusting in chariots, but, but I do believe. Some people running the alcohol, some people running the marijuana, but I do believe. Some people running here and running everywhere like a chicken with the head cut off, but I do believe. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I think you ought to take just a few seconds and stand on your feet and thank God that you do believe. If you don't believe, you can stay seated. But for those of us who do believe, I think that deserves a shout. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I do believe. I believe, I believe. I believe I'll testify. God's been good to me. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Freed me forever. One day, he's coming back. Glorious day. Any believers in the building? I believe God. I believe God. I walk tall and confident. I believe God. I'm saved from sin. I'm saved from sin. And I'm sanctified. And I'm Holy Ghost filled. And I'm fire baptized. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know my friend. Y'all sit down. Y'all came to y'all y'all are playing. Y'all are playing. Sit down. You playing. You ain't happy. You ain't glad to be saved. You ain't glad to be saved that he took your place on the cross. Do you know that after Jesus died, because he had sin on him, your sin on him, he couldn't go up into heaven? So he descended into hell and endured the torture and the torment, the fire and the persecution, the burning and the affliction. He took your place. And if one day in the spirit is a thousand years to us and he was in there for three days, ballpark Bible math, for 3,000 years he was under torture. 3,000 years he was under affliction. 3,000 years he was torn apart so that you could be put together. But on Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday, there was a rumbling in the tomb and the Spirit of God breathed new life into him and out came Jesus. Out came Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. He reigns forevermore. I said praise him because you saved. 
I said, praise him that you're saved. You ain't happy. I said, praise him that you're saved. Praise him that he made a way out for you. Praise him that you don't have to go to hell. Praise him that you don't have to be stuck in sin anymore. Praise him that he loved you enough to die for you. Pastor Jay, I don't know, I don't know all the words. I don't, I don't know what to say. This is the part where all you got to say is thank you. I can't pay you for what you did, but thank you. I can't make it up to you, Jesus, but thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm saved from sin. I'm saved from sin. I said I'm saved from sin. I don't have to be an addict anymore. I'm saved from sin. I don't have to go to prison anymore. I've been set free. A wonderful change has come over me. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The cost of my peace was laid on him. And with his stripes, I've been made whole. Be seated. Be seated. I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad that I don't have to live in the dark anymore. I'm glad that I don't have to hide my deeds anymore. I'm glad that I can stand bold and confident that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for me, that I could stand before God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got a friend, John Dorsey, who tells people, tell hell, I said, I'm not coming. I ain't coming because Jesus already went in my place. But tell God in heaven, I'm on the way. I ain't trying to come tomorrow, but when I get there, I'm going to rejoice. When I get there, I'm going to sing and shout. I'm going to lay down my burdens and celebrate the goodness of my Savior. And if you find it hard to shout, maybe your uh, RSVP has not been sent in. Maybe it's hard to praise because you ain't really sure where you're going. Maybe you don't really know. Maybe you're in a condition and you don't really trust that he did what we all are shouting and singing that he did. But as I'm up here breathing, I can tell you, Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And forgive me for ever not praising him like he didn't do it. 
because that gave you the wrong idea like he wasn't faithful. But he is worthy of my best praise. On my worst day, he's worthy of my best. You might have never been on the sick bed where they gave up on you. But where they said, dead, God spoke, not yet. I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad to be healed. I'm glad to be delivered. I'm glad to be the righteousness. I'm glad to be a witness. Maybe you never thought about committing yourself to the psych ward, but, but here I am clothed and in my right mind. Maybe you ain't ever been under so much pressure that you contemplated ending it all, but I'm living and not dying. And I declare Jesus is a savior. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is a way maker. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, verse 38, he ordered that the chariot be stopped. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Now, that's, that's, just, that's just how it's supposed to be. Now, if you, if you, they, wherever you went, if all they did was give you a sprinkle, that's not Bible. Bible is submerged all the way down, all the way back up. Old things are passed away. All things become new. That's how it's supposed to be. So Philip gets in the water. The eunuch gets in the water. He baptizes him. But look at verse 39. How's it supposed to be? When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. Say, he disappeared. Say it again. He disappeared. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Look at verse 40. What happened to Philip? But Philip was found at Azustus, and passing on, he preached the good news to all the towns until he reached Caesarea. When Philip left Jerusalem, he was going to Caesarea. He got distracted because God told him, minister to this eunuch. And they done gone all on their way, far off from the plan where he was supposed to be. He gets baptized, and when Philip, uh, when the eunuch comes out of the water, Philip is transported, teleported is what we'd call in 21st century, to a town called Azustus. From where the water was to where Azustus is, it's 19 hours on foot. It's an hour drive if you're in a car, but 19 hours on foot, and that's all he had. He was walking. So what would have taken him a day, God did it suddenly. Y'all, 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 we going to the church up the street next week. We're going we gonna to have service at the church next street. What, what, took, what would have taken a whole day to do, God did it suddenly. 
The only reason why God moved it suddenly is because Philip was obedient to pour in his time. That's why when I prayed for that lady at the, at the cookout, it wasn't a time wasted because whatever I lost, God could make it back up to me suddenly. Y'all wouldn't know how to act if the Spirit of God got so high in here and I just disappeared and showed up in Huntersville and called and was like, Aaron, I need you to come pick me up because I'm outside in Huntersville, but give me about an hour and a half because there's some people out here that need Jesus. How's it supposed to look? That's how it's supposed to look. That's how it's supposed to look. Did you notice that in the verse? Philip got caught up. We would have called it, rap that, that word is translated rapture. He got raptured up and God picked him up and put him down in this town almost 24 hours away. And as soon as he dropped down, he started preaching. I just want to tell y'all, Jesus loves you. I just want to tell you, he can say, you're not feeling well? Come here, let me pray for you. And, in G and on his way, he went just declaring the goodness of God. That's how it's supposed to be. Look at Acts chapter 19. I'm just showing you how it's supposed to be. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 19, chapter 19, verse 11. The Bible says, and God did unusual Unusual. Unusual. It's, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that strange to find somebody healed of a headache. That ain't that strange. But somebody who didn't have no leg, no leg, but they leave out of church with a leg. That's unusual. That's unusual. It ain't that difficult to find somebody where, where a tumor has reduced. That ain't that difficult. That's not that difficult. That, not, not really. That's not that hard. But, but for somebody to have no money, and then go home and find they got more money than they know what to do with. That's unusual. God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that the handkerchiefs or towels or aprons which had touched his skin were carried away and put upon the sick. Y'all going to get mad at me, but I don't care. They, didn't, they weren't worried about viruses. It was the power of God. They weren't worried about cross-contamination. They just wanted to be healed. They just wanted to see the power of God. They just wanted a difference to be made in their lives. What y'all doing with these handkerchiefs and, and putting them on people? And because whenever you put the handkerchief on somebody, their diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. And I ain't talking about no miracle prayer cloth that you can get for $5.99 plus shipping and handling. I'm talking about he was just doing, he was just being him. He was just ministering. He was just teaching and just so happened to leave it. I guarantee you nobody came up to him and was like, Paul, Paul, let me, let me get that handkerchief off of you. How much you want for that? He's just doing him, doing what he did, and just happened to leave it there. And somebody had enough faith to believe uh, auntie could not make it here because she at home sick, but I'm going to get the closest thing to God that I can get to her. And when I lay it on her, there's going to be a change. That's how it's supposed to be. Do we see this in the volume that we see it in the book of Acts? We just kind of went really like page by page. 
And it was one right after the other, one right after the other. Even if we are seeing it, we're not seeing it like we should. It would suggest to me that we have been blocked. But we got to get unblocked. We got to get unblocked. Because you see how, how we just shouted in here about Jesus being a savior? I, I, I've done that on the street corner before. I've done that just when somebody decided they wanted to get saved. Sure. And I said, praise God that you've been born again and, and made new. I've done that in stores before. It wasn't contained to a building. God lives in me. God lives in you. But they'll never experience a flow until we get unblocked. I got to do this quick because I'm out of time. Last week, we dealt with the carnal mind. We dealt with the carnal mind. Y'all remember that? We said that carnality is enjoyments that minister to the wants and the desires of a man's animal nature. It's the opposite of the spirit. The carnal mind is opposite the spirit. The carnal mind only thinks about itself. I, I, I. What I feel. What I want. What I desire. What makes me better. The carnal mind, the root of carnality is I, and it seeks to live a life without God. Anytime you practice carnality or live by your carnal mindset, you're saying you can do it without God. The reality is the Bible says that the carnal mind is at war with God. It wrestles with God, and not like Jacob wrestling for a blessing. It wars to be shut down by God. Because anytime you say, I know what you say, God, but I want this thing, you've made this thing an idol. This thing has become your God. And the first commandment he gave was don't have any other gods before me. And the reality is, is that in church, we are blocked because we, and though we are saved in spirit, we've become comfortable in our carnality in our flesh. And the only reason why you keep going to the carnal mind is because it feels good. That's all. It feels good. It don't feel good long, but it feels good. I'll give you a prime example. It feels good to sleep in and not come to church. Y'all acting like y'all ain't never stayed home from church before. It feel good. It feel good to leave, leave, leave work with plenty of time to make it to church, but then say, ooh, child, I'm tired. Some of y'all did this for years, way before there was live stream, so I don't know what you was doing back in 98, but, 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 but it feels good in the moment. In the moment. Temporary. Say temporary. One thing that you can go, a good rubric to live by, carnal is always temporary. Carnal things always come with an expiration date, and it's always faster than you think. It's always faster than you think that no sooner than you enjoy, you look down, and it's molded. We gotta, I want to look at this. Let's look at, well, I'll, I'll do it this way. I want to just give you some more examples of carnality. Some examples of carnality, some things that we struggle with that we got to get unblocked from. Say unblocked. 
Church attendance is one of them. I'm moving quick. Only attending service when it's your time to minister or serve. That's, car that's carnal. That's carnal. Yeah, I would go, but you know, it's not my Sunday. Oh, I got to go to church because it's my time to be on the door. My time to be on the stage. My turn to sing. That's carnal. You've been MIA for weeks, but front and center when it's your name on the program. Let's be honest. Can, can we have an honest moment? Can I step out of, um, uh, just, for, just for half a second, I'm going to step out of the glory and into the street. Number one, that's trifling. Number one, that's trifling. Now I'm back in the glory. Number two, it's not God's will for your life. That's trifling. That's, that's what that is. Uh, or, or, I like this one. Only come into church when you need help. You've been absent. Ain't said, hey, bye, boo, cat, dog, nothing to nobody. But as soon as little peanut and them done got shot and killed, you need a place to bury them. You front and center asking for help. That's carnal. That's carnal. Just because it's your somebody. Just because you going through it. Girl, get a number. We all going through something. Now, the key word in that sentence is actually going through. Don't just be through. Just go, go through. Get, get over it. Get, get over Progress through it. Some of y'all have been going through since 2004, and it don't make no sense to be in that long. Yea, though I walk through the valley, not stop, not live, not make a permanent residence, not buy an apartment and take out a lease. As I go through this, I'm fearing no evil because God is with me. If you are sick and broken in body and can't come to church, tell somebody. So we can come and pray for you. And the power of God will raise you up. But outside of sickness, what excuse do you have to not be in the place where God has scheduled a meeting with his people? What's keeping you from his presence? A game? You can record that. You can record a game. I know because my daddy do it. I'm working on him. He's going to start coming to church more faithfully, too. He can, he, can record, he can record the game and go back and watch all the one right after the other and block off all the space on the DVR with all these three- and four-hour games. Do you know that they will never pay you for being a fan? They'll never pay. In fact, to be a fan costs more money than it does to not be one. It does. It does. I'm not even talking about the disappointments of wins and losses. I'm talking about you done gone to the store and got gear with their logos and names all on and the numbers, naming them. That costs money. That costs money. That costs money. Some of the stuff look real nice. I like some of the stuff. I have some stuff. It costs me money to be a fan. When I was growing up, my dad had season tickets. Them tickets cost money. I knew every time, every year, when the P, they call PSLs, when the PSL season tickets for the Panthers came back and it was now time to renew the subscription, I knew every year because that's when money got tight. Got tight right around then because we had to renew that subscription. I asked to go to McDonald's. My daddy asked me, you got McDonald's money. I said, whoa, 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 this is not, this is not our understanding. We don't have, must be PSL time. The thing must have came around to be renewed. Costs money to be a fan. Cost you nothing to be a member. 
cost you nothing but obedience. And if you are willing and obedient, you eat good. Isaiah 1, 18, 19. What's keeping you from church? Work. Slaving at a job, collecting hours for a check. There's nothing wrong with working. Bible says if a man don't work, he don't eat. One of the things we ask you if you come to us for a need as a member is where are you working? What job prospects do you have lined up? Is that the best fit for you? What's the pay schedule like? It's good to work. It's good to work. Any hardworking people in the building? It's good to work. You feel accomplished after working. Don't work on Sundays. That's God's time. Don't work on Sundays. That's God's time. If people, now watch this, and I don't, you know, you get mad at me if you want to. If people will allow their Muslim employees to miss hours of the day to go dedicate themselves to prayer, surely you can walk into human resources as a believer and say, for the purposes of my faith, I need Sundays off. And if you don't mind, could you arrange for me to pick up some extra hours on Monday or Tuesday or Thursday or Friday? But I need my Sunday. First Amendment, I dare them to tell you no. Call me. We'll own the company by Friday. They're getting quiet now. On Wednesdays, don't schedule appointments and job things after four if you can help it. Because Bible study starts at seven. And if you live in, how many people live in Charlotte? Like you local to Charlotte. We all know the monster that 77 and 85 can be. And 485 if you catch it at the wrong time. Don't be trying to do no last minute something or another because last minute turns into the first hour of Bible study and we only here for an hour anyway. Don't do that. That's carnal. Next, disregarding for God's uh, people and his places. Dirtying up the church. That's carnal. That's carnal. You don't leave used paper on the floor of your house. How could you comfortably drive away leaving paper on God's house? Bathrooms look raggedy and messed up and got stuff all over them and all kinds of things. You don't, leave your, you don't leave your job's bathroom like that and you can't stand them people. And yet God who has given you everything to life and godliness and that's how you do him? Well, I would clean it up, but that ain't my job. That's carnal. That's carnal. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house. I'd rather work security and be out in the rain and in the snow helping people out their cars than to be away from his presence. I'll, whatever I find to do, I'm going to do it. I'll do something to let God know I appreciate him. I am personally funny about how I handle things even in my own office because my office is connected to the church building. And it's God's house. I've drink, I've had different drinks and things before. Sometimes I'll have every now and again I'll stop at cookout and get a milkshake that where nobody is fighting to actually get what I want. And I might bring the milkshake here. I don't throw the milkshake away in my office trash can because it's milk. 
And if I leave it in time for Isabel to clean it up, it's going to have a smell to it and everything. I have left my office in the rain, walked all the way down to this dumpster to throw trash away, to throw food away, because it's God's house. And you should take care of God's house. I promise you, if you take care of his house, surely you know he'll take care of yours. He'll take care of yours. I'm going to put it to you this way. What trash in your life needs to be cleaned up? Pick up a piece of paper around here. See how fast God removes it and freshens up your circumstance. Disregard for God's people. Just because Connie, Dot, and Darlene are over something, you don't show up. That's carnal. Oh, who, 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 who having the meeting? Oh, no, I ain't going to that. What we meeting about? No, no, I'll miss that. That's carnal. That's carnal. Aaron, it got so quiet in here, you could hear a rat licking ice. It, it's not my ministry, so I don't have to be there. That's their ministry. That's what they do. I thought this was your church. And if your church is having something, you would show up as best you could to support your church. I've seen people. I've seen people. And I'm going to tell you this. I tell the truth and shame the devil. I've seen you because I was doing it at a point. Hiding out in the car, avoiding going to the meeting that such and such was having. Waiting on the people who were obedient to go to the meeting to come out the meeting. So I could find out where am we going to eat at. Carnal. Ready to eat. Don't want to meet. I ought to put that on a shirt. I'm ready to, ready to eat. I don't want to meet. Sloppy service. Offering God any kind of service just because we're volunteers. I'm going to say something that you might not have thought about. Maybe you have. Do you know Jesus was a volunteer? This is the one that got me. You know Jesus was a volunteer. God needed someone to bear the sins of the world. And Jesus said, I'll volunteer. He voluntarily got up on that cross. He bled and he died. He went into hell for you and me and rose to the Father's right hand. And even after all of that, he didn't stop volunteering. At the right hand of God, he still prays for us daily that we would overcome. All of that was voluntary. What do you do again? Sing? And you can't do that right? Play instruments? You can't do that right? You can't give God your all with all of all of what Jesus did was volunteer. And he did it in excellence. Didn't do it looking for a check. Didn't do it because somebody had paid him to do it. In fact, there was really no promise of return. It was just go and I need somebody to make it done. And it happened. What do you do? Stand at the door and lead people to their seats? Wear a uniform, but you can't do that right. Show up and be timely. I'm glad Jesus showed up at the appointed time to die for my sins. Not 15 minutes late. Or 35 minutes behind. That's carnal. That's carnal. 
And I don't mean to minimize what you do. Don't mean to minimize what I do. My point to you is in comparison to what he did, all that I do is a drop in the bucket. And what I could afford to do is handle my part with a little more care. You want to mind your media. This is the last one. We often talk about music, but I want to deal with this too, about TV and live streaming and, and just programs, things that you watch. Got to catch up on my shows. Got to watch my stories. And entertainment is entertainment. I'm not preaching against all forms of it, but there are some shows that inherently do not glorify God. Their sole express purpose is to feed your carnal nature, drawing you further and further away from God. Yes, it is very entertaining. It is very, some of those, uh, what's them things called, them reality TV shows, I can't stand reality TV. Like, I hate it with a passion. Because most of the time, it'd be y'all out there on the program looking ignorant, and they just making money off of it. It bothers me in February, which is Black History Month, that we turn around and make fools of ourselves for a contract. And then we go at the house laughing and recording it like crazy. Some stuff just doesn't glorify God. And it's pulling you away. Shows that promote uh, excessive cursing and sinful behavior, lifestyles in ways that do not glorify God. And we'll say, I know it got some stuff in it, but I got to watch this show. I got to see how it ends. I know I've said that one before. Yeah, I'm in here this, this season too. I'm in here now. They only got one more left. I, I got to see how it ends. That was carnal. That was carnal. Now I'm at a point where there are certain shows that come on. I see episode one and I know I don't need to watch that. I don't need that. I don't even get through the whole episode. I hear the first couple, first couple minutes. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. I've seen on Facebook, you ever see that they do clips of stuff? They do clips of the shows. I've seen some clips of some shows. And I've seen from the clips. I don't need to watch that. The clip is supposed to entice you to watch. It's supposed to give you just enough so you'll go and watch the whole thing. But I've seen some of these shows that they got on TV today, and I'm like, nobody needs to be watching that. And then we're not smart enough to deny our children the things that they watch. And then wonder why we in the guidance office trying to figure out where Lil' Junior went wrong. What did you let them watch? What did you watch? What did he hear? What did he see? It's a problem. It's carnal. You cannot cast out carnality. I talked about that last week. You can't come up here and pray it away. That's not how that works. You have to surrender it. You have to give it up. The Bible says crucify the flesh. You can't cast it out. You have to kill it. Die, let it die out, become dead to it so that the life of God can become real on the inside of you. I'm going to close with this scripture. Let's look at, let's look at, uh, actually I want to show you two scriptures and then I'm done. I went a little long today. 1 Corinthians 3, this is in the New King James Bible. I'm going to show you this. I keep dropping this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 1, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal people. As to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk 
and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you still are not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? I want to give you this point right here. Maybe there was a message I preached in the past that rubbed you the wrong way, not because it wasn't from God, but because you were carnal. And you could not receive a spiritual word with carnal ears. So if that happened to you, go back and listen to it again, and maybe this time it won't rub you the wrong way. Let's look at Colossians 3. That's the one I want to end with. Verse 5, this is in the Amplified Classic, I believe I have it. Verse 5 says, so kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desires lurking in your members. Those animal impulses and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin. Sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, all greed and covetedness, for that is idolatry. Remember what I said? It's taking the place of God. It's idol- that is idolatry, which is the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. Look at verse 8. Drop down a bit for me. But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feeling towards others. Curses, that means cussing. (laughs) Help you out there. That means cussing. Stop cussing. You sound foolish. Stop it. Stop it. One of the things I shared with that young lady at the cookout, I was like, you out here cussing and carrying on, and no matter how this goes down, they're going to blame you. You are the victim here, but you making all this ignorant noise, they're going to blame you, and you have more to lose. Young lady had several children in the car. I said, you got more to lose than they do. That's why they back behind the window laughing at you and you out here looking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Stop cussing. Now, now, did Pastor Jay say that or did you just read it out the book? You just read it out the book. So if you want to take it up with somebody, send your hate mail to God. 1-800-HEAVEN-BOULEVARD. It'll go. Send it. Send it there. I'll pay for the postage. See what comes back. And slander and foul mouth abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, unregenerated self with its evil practices. And you have clothed yourself with new, with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into the fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image and the likeness of him, which is Jesus, who created it. In other words, don't don't be carnal. Don't be carnal anymore. Let carnality die and come alive to what Jesus is doing in you today. It's not a plea to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Y'all got quiet like you's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Things do occur. They knock us off balance. That's, in, that's normal. That's okay. But when 
sin and carnality is your practice, you have an internal problem. And you've got to let that go. You've got to let it die. Die to unrighteousness and come alive to righteousness. That's how you get unblocked. Amen. Put your hands together if you love Jesus. I said only if you love Jesus. Put your hands together. Glory to God.